Chapter Twenty Five of The Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five. Kathleen has a good time in London. So the headmistress had written. She had dared to write to Kathleen's father. What she said to him was a matter of no moment. She had written and to complain of her she thinks i suppose said kathleen that she'll subdue me by these means she wants to bring not the long arm of the law but father's arm right across the sea to stop me no no daddy your kathleen will be your kathleen to the end always loving always daring always true but always rebellious the best and the worst i am going to-night and i am going all the more surely because you wire to me not to go and because they are daring to bully dear little ruth craven and after i have had my fling i will come back in good time no fear nothing will go wrong your kathleen wouldn't hurt a fly much less your heart but i mean to have my fun to-night Kathleen quite sobered down as these thoughts came to her. It was now getting dusk. The girls were to meet at the station at half-past five. They were to go in quite quietly by twos and twos. Each couple of girls was to go to the booking office and take their tickets, and walk away just as though nothing special had happened. They were on no account to collect in a mass. They were not even to take any notice of each other until they were off. Once the train was in motion, all would be safe. They might meet then and talk and be merry to their heart's content. Oh, it was good, good time they were about to have. This arrangement about meeting one another had been suggested by Kate Rourke, who knew a good deal about theatres, and who also knew how dangerous it would be for so many girls to be seen at the station together but dressed quietly and just dropping in by couples nobody would remark them and then we must go straight to the theatre she said and stand outside the pit and take our chance but we will have time enough for that if we leave merrifield by the quarter to six train kathleen noticed that evening that alice watched her as she moved about the room that alice occasionally lifted her eyes and glanced at her when she sat down to read and when she approached the tea-table and helped herself to tea and bread and butter and jam alice also kept up that gentle sort of espionage it annoyed kathleen she found herself watching for it she found herself getting red and annoyed when the calm steadfast gaze of alice's brown eyes was fixed on her face finally she said what are you doing why do you stare at me sorry replied alice she bent over her book and did not glance at kathleen again by and by kathleen went upstairs she went into their mutual room and turned the key in the lock i must get out of the window she said to herself i can easily do it it is but to swing on to that thick cord of ivy and i shall reach the ground without the slightest trouble the back gate that leads into the garden is never locked and the window i mean to emerge from 
looks into the garden i shall go off without anybody's noticing me kathleen had to take a great deal of money with her if there were forty girls their tickets would cost a good deal it is true they were to buy their own in the first instance but kathleen was to return them the money in the train then the omnibuses they were to go on the seats at the theatre their supper of some sort must be paid for by the head of the society i promised to frank them and i must frank them thought the girl she slipped some sovereigns into her purse tucked it for safety into the bosom of her dress and then put on her hat and jacket some instinct told the wild ignorant child to dress quietly she put on her plainest hat and a little refer coat which looked neat and substantial she was just drawing a pair of gloves on her hands when alice was heard turning the handle of the door let me in at once kathleen she cried kathleen did not reply at all for a moment then she said in a sleepy smothered sort of voice which seemed to proceed from the bed i have a splitting headache don't disturb me very sorry answered alice but i really must come in kathleen made no answer after a long pause during which alice once or twice felt the handle of the door again the sound of her retreating footsteps was heard now is my time thought kathleen to tell the truth alice was not at all taken in by kathleen's headache she is very clever thought that young lady but she has tried that dodge on so often before that i am not going to be deceived by it now accordingly she went into her mother's room and stood by the window now the window of mrs tennant's bedroom looked also into the garden and was really parallel with the window by which kathleen meant to escape there was an interval of silence and then alice had her reward for the window of their mutual bedroom was flung wide open and kathleen neatly dressed appeared on the window-sill she looked around her for a minute alice caught a glimpse of her bright face by the light of the moon which was already getting up in the sky the next minute kathleen caught firm hold of the arm of the old ivy and let herself down deftly and quickly to the ground the action was done so neatly and in fact so beautifully that alice in spite of herself felt inclined to cry bravo she knew that if she were to trust herself to that ivy she would probably fall to the bottom and get if not really killed at least half so but kathleen stood serenely on the ground and glanced up at the window from which she had let herself down just at that moment alice rushed into their bedroom kathleen had shut the window behind her before she trusted herself to the ivy she had also unlocked the door in a moment alice had put on her hat and jacket had rushed downstairs opened the hall door and was following kathleen across the common now quite the nearest way to the railway station was across the common kathleen walked fast kathleen kathleen cried alice kathleen looked behind her she saw alice and took to her heels no no kathleen i will follow you until i drop you must let me come up with you but kathleen made no answer if she could do anything well she could run in a race 
her swift feet scarcely touched the ground she ran and ran how soon would alice get tired she did not dare to go to the railway station as long as she was following and the time to catch the train was very short at the other side of the common was a long narrow winding passage which after a quarter of a mile of tortuous turning led right up a back way to the great terminus kathleen had given herself exactly the right length of time had nothing happened to hinder her she would have been on the platform three minutes before the train came in for reasons of her own she did not wish to be long there she had crossed the common when she looked behind her alice was still running but she was also in the distance if i could only double hide for a minute and make her give up the chase all would be well thought the mischievous irish girl there was a great tree which cast a huge shadow just before the winding passage was reached kathleen darted towards it in an instant she had climbed up and was seated securely in one of its lower branches now if only she will be quick she will run past me into the passage she will never get to the end in time i shall slip down and go the long way i know it is a good bit further but she is not in it with me as far as running is concerned was kathleen's thought alice came up as far as the tree she paused a minute and looked around her kathleen in the grey darkness looked down at her kathleen's face was completely in the shadow but the light fell full on alice's and her face white and anxious almost made the other girl laugh if the situation wasn't quite so tremendous i could enjoy this she thought presently alice ran down the passage kathleen waited until her footsteps had died away and then she descended from the oak tree she flew as fast as she could the long way to the railway station alice can't think that i want to go by train thought kathleen now she was truly a very swift runner but as she was running to-night whom should she meet but mrs hopkins mrs hopkins was on her way home after doing a little shopping on her own account she saw kathleen observed her panting for breath and stood directly in her path miss o'hara she said can i speak to you for a moment it is something very particular indeed i am very thankful i happened to meet you i i will see you to-morrow to-morrow panted kathleen i am in a great hurry to-morrow mrs hopkins no miss hara it ought to be to-night you are going to the railway station aren't you miss kathleen felt inclined to knock that interfering woman down she darted to one side of the road oh let me pass she said she was shaking with her quick run she knew the moments were flying already she heard the bell at the station ring the train for london was signalled she had not an instant to lose don't don't keep me she said but you mustn't go miss it would be madness wicked you mustn't you daren't kathleen pushed past her this time mrs hopkins had no power to stop her she rushed on reached the station flew up the steps and found herself on the platform just as the train was coming in instead of the forty girls she expected to meet 
she saw not more than about half a dozen they all crowded up to her at once i have got your ticket for you said susy i was just able to screw out the money to get one for you and myself here's the train let us hop in at once but where are all the others the forty gasped kathleen they funked it almost all of them oh come along here's the train the great train thundered into the station the girls ran wildly looking for a third-class carriage at last they found one and tumbled into it the door was slammed and they were off kathleen wondered she was not sure but she wondered if she really did see or if it was only a dream a pair of brown eyes looking at her from the station and the severe young figure and shocked face of alice tennant it must have been a dream she could not have guessed that i was going to the station what a good thing she didn't meet mrs hopkins thought kathleen then she turned to her companions to the six girls who had decided to brave all the terrors of their expedition they were susie hopkins kate rook clara sawyer rosie myers janey ford and mary wilkins kathleen sat quite still for a minute until she had recovered her breath she looked around her to her relief she saw that they were alone there was no one else in the compartment now then she said how is it that all the others have funked it there has been so much muttering and whispering and suspecting going on during the whole live-long day that they were positively afraid said susy indeed if it hadn't been for you kathleen i doubt if any of us would have come well girls we can't help it said kathleen if the rest are so timid there's more fun for us isn't that so she looked around at her companions i mean to enjoy myself said kate rook i have been to a theatre twice before once when i went with my grandfather and another time with an uncle from australia i didn't go to the pit when i went with uncle he took me to a grand stall and we rubbed up against the nobility i can tell you it suddenly occurred to kathleen that kate rook was rather a vulgar girl she drew a little nearer to her however and fixed her very bright eyes on the girl's face but we needn't go to the pit need we she said i meant to pay for forty if there are only six why shouldn't we have jolly seats somewhere and not waste our time outside the theatre that would be nice said kate rook i always enjoy myself so much more if i am in good company i have been looking up the plays at the theatres and there is a very fine piece on at the prince's that's in oxford street it is a sort of melodrama there's a deal of killing in it and the heroine has to do some desperate deeds oh dear said susy with a sigh i don't feel somehow as if i much cared where we went it'll be awful afterwards when the fun is over but we will enjoy ourselves susy while the fun lasts said kathleen she tried to believe that she was enjoying herself and was having a right good time she tried to forget the fact that alice tennant might really have seen her off and that mrs hopkins had justice in her remarks 
when she begged and implored of kathleen not to go to the train what can she have found out she thought she now turned to susy has your mother learned anything susy she said what do you mean said susy turning very pink well you know as i was running here oh girls i had such a lark what do you think happened that horrid alice alice tennant ran after me as i was leaving the house i raced her across the common and then to get rid of her i climbed up into an oak tree she never saw me and ran on down the passage of course my only chance of getting to the station was to go by the long way halfway there i came across your mother susy and she tried to stop me and said she must speak to me dear she did seem in a state evidently there's a great deal of excitement and watching going on in that school there will be a great deal of excitement to-morrow said susy it strikes me it will all be up with us to-morrow that is if ruth tells if ruth tells what do you mean they are going to do their utmost to get her to tell and if she does they will call out our names and expel us that's all oh i can't bear to think of it i can't bear to think of it susy's voice broke tears trembled in her bright black eyes and she turned her head to one side kathleen gave her a quick glance it will be all right she said ruth won't tell ruth is the kind who never tells she told me today she wouldn't she'll be a brick if she doesn't said kate rook but then of course you know i know what oh nothing what's the good of making ourselves melancholy on a night like this if i were expelled said clara sawyer i should leave merrifield i could never lift up my head again you can't think what impudent sort of boys my brothers are and they have always twitted me for my good fortune in getting into the great shirley school they say that if we are to be expelled it will be done in public the governors are determined to read us a lesson that's what they say who cares what they say said kathleen let them say well that's what i think and i dare say half of it is untrue said little janey ford i am sure janey wonders will never cease when we see you in this thing said susy it was disgusting of the others to funk it but i suppose they were on the right side only i do sometimes hate being on the right side don't you kathleen yes said kathleen in a whisper and she squeezed susy's hand it seemed to her that her soul and susy's had been met at that moment and had saluted each other like comrades true but how was it you came janey didn't your little heart funk it altogether continued kate i was so mad to come said janey i am shaking and trembling now like anything but i have never been to a theatre and it was such a tremendous temptation i said about ten times to myself that i wouldn't come but eleven times i said that i would and the eleventh time conquered and here i am i do hope we'll have a right good time
with this sort of chatter the girls got to london here kate rourke took the lead she marshalled the little party in two and two and so conveyed them out of the station outside the yard at charing cross they all climbed on the top of an omnibus and soon were wending their way in the direction of prince's theatre which kate most strongly advocated there was no crowd at the theatre this special evening the piece which was presented on the boards happened to be a fairly good one the girls got excellent seats and found themselves in the front row of the family circle from there they could look down on dazzling scenes and kathleen who had never been to a theatre in the whole course of her life was delighted she at least had forgotten what might follow this expedition oh yes they were having a glorious time and it was quite right to do what you liked sometimes and quite right to defy your elders oh how many she was defying ruth craven who would almost have given her life to keep her back from this miss ravenscroft the headmistress to whom kathleen's heart did not go out her own father her own aunt alice tennant oh bother alice tennant and last mrs hopkins quite an army of them thought kathleen i have dared to do what none of them approved of and i am not a bit the worse for it darling dad your own kathleen will tell you everything and you may give me what punishment you think best when the fun is over but now i am having a jolly good time so kathleen did enjoy herself and made so many saucy remarks between the acts and looked so radiant notwithstanding her very plain dress that several people looked at the beautiful girl and commented about her and her companions a school party my dear said a lady to her husband but i don't see the chaperone he remarked and then the lady who looked again more carefully could not help observing that these seven girls were certainly not chaperoned by any one a little wonder and a little uneasiness came into her heart she was a very kind woman herself she was a motherly woman too and she thought of her own girls tucked up safely in bed at home and wondered what she would feel if they were alone at a london theatre at this hour presently something impelled her to bend forward and touch kathleen on her arm kathleen gave a little start and faced her forgive me she said i see that you and your companions are schoolgirls are you not to some people kathleen might have answered that is our own affair not yours but to this lady with the courteous face and the gentle voice she replied in quite a humble tone yes madam we are schoolgirls and if you will forgive me dear have you no lady looking after you no said kate rourke bending forward at that moment we are out for a spree all by our lone selves kate gave a loud laugh as she spoke the lady started back and could not help contrasting kathleen's face with those of the other girls she bent towards her husband and whispered in his ear the result of this communication was that the curtain having fallen for the last time the actors having left the stage the play being completely over and the seven girls being about to get back to charing cross as best they could the lady touched kathleen on her arm 
you will forgive me dear she said i am a mother and have daughters of my own i should not like to see girls in the position you are in without offering to help them but what do you mean said kathleen i mean this my dear that my husband and i will see you seven back to your home wherever it is kathleen burst out laughing then she looked very grave and her eyes filled with tears as she said but mother wouldn't approve of it if your mother is the least like me she would not approve of it she would be horrified i don't think the lady can see us home here remarked clara sawyer for if we live at merrifield a good long way from london again the lady and her husband had a talk together and then they suggested that they should take the girls back with them to charing cross and put them into their train but we'd thought we'd have a bit of supper said kate rook i can get you some things at the railway station you ought not to wait for supper in town said the gentleman in a stern voice then somehow all the girls felt ashamed of themselves kathleen slightly more ashamed than the others they left the theatre very slowly with all the lightsomeness and gladness of heart gone two cabs were secured for the little party and with their kind protectors they were taken back to charing cross eventually they got seats in a comfortable carriage and found themselves going back again to merrifield well it has been a dull sort of thing altogether said clara sawyer what meddlesome people don't said kathleen don't what kathleen o'hara why should you speak to me in that reproving voice it isn't that only they were like two angels i know it i am sure of it we did an awful thing coming to town i know we did and i feel oh detestable kathleen bent her head forward and covered it with her hands and sat still no tears shook her little frame but there was a storm within to her dying day kathleen never forgot that return journey truly the fun was all over the dregs of the cup of pleasure were in their mouths and there was a fear great certain and very terrible in their hearts but with all her fear and they were many kathleen thought again and again of the lady who had girls of her own and of the gentleman who was both stern and chivalrous who had the manners of a prince and the look of a gentleman as long as she lived she remembered those two faces and the words of the lady and the smiles with which she said good-bye she never learned their names perhaps she did not want to End of chapter 15